Welcome to Talkalicious. I'm Christine, your virtual bestie. This is happy hour. Oh, we're in the thick of it, aren't we? Oh, I know. I feel like I can't complain because I know everyone else is in the same boat where your to-do list is this long and the amount of time we have is this much. I feel like I'm productive and yet I'm not getting everything done. I know. I was This morning I was out and this woman's like, oh, so do, are you ready for the holidays? And I look at my watch. I'm like, mm, yeah, no. No, I got a couple weeks, right? She's like, oh, well, I'm all wrapped and decorated and I've already started baking my cookies and I've done this. And I'm like, you know what I wanted to say? Eh, you. <laughs> we talked about having some self-respect. Don't be bragging like that for the rest of us who can't seem to get it all done. I was like, oh, okay, superwoman, wonder woman, you got it. You can be any superhero because apparently I suck. <laughs> You know, speaking of the holidays, one of my favorite things to do is when I see kids all around, you know, at the store or wherever, because just because I like to harass kids, is to ask them what they want for Christmas. And especially little guys, because, you know, I'm so far removed with teenagers, I don't know what the thing is anymore. You know, I used to totally know it all and be building Lego sets and all that fun stuff. And now it's like, uh, video game, console, you know, I don't care. I have boys. They're, they're like two cinder blocks for any holiday festivities. Not just Christmas, by the way. I'm telling you, my vagina has lost power. Because I was the most important woman in their lives. Now, only Joe's, my hubby's. He'll do everything because he loves me. Teenagers don't love their mothers, which is very apparent. <laughs> It's like dragging two cinder blocks. When they were little, they'd be like, oh, yeah. And now they're like, do we have to decorate the tree? Oh, you want to do what? Why do we have to do that? I'm like, okay. Well, I know when you fall in love, whoever that, that girl's going to be, I guess some guys too, but whoever, you're going to get your holiday spirit back. I just need them to fall in love with some girl, and then hopefully it comes to me and not to her. <laughs> it's going to go to her, isn't it? Um... But one of my favorite things to do, because I have teenagers, is to ask little kids, like, what do you want for Christmas? You know, because it's kind of cute. Uh, when I'm not around kids, I'll ask adults, especially because there's so many events and it kind of gets the conversation going. And it's real easy. You know, you talk to them, oh, do you have kids? Mary, whatever they tell you, you know, they'll usually tell you. And then I was like, okay, so what does your 12-year-old want? Yeah, I've got a 12 and 16-year-old. What does your 12-year-old want? So I met this woman, really nice woman, and I said, so what does your 12-year-old want? She's like, AirPods. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that seems pretty right. She goes, yeah, she's 12. I told her she needs to put together a PowerPoint presentation to explain exactly why Santa should bring her and why she's deserving of AirPods. <laughs> I was like, what? I said, a PowerPoint presentation? I said, oh, okay. I said, eh, my kids just wrote letters to Santa. I don't know. Now we've got parents requiring full-on presentations to justify why they're asking for a gift. I thought, wow. I would consider me, this is because I like um, uh, burgered, burgered, biggered, biggered. Okay, that's like a, a tiger mom, high expectations. Uh, mama bird who's gonna like teach her kids to fly and then uh, mama bear in case I need to step in uh, her, she might have my tiger mom beat I have never made my kids make a PowerPoint presentation to not only explain why but why she deserved them I'm like why she deserves them <laughs> 
tough going in that house, tough going. Um, speaking of the holidays, so their study comes out and basically if it means anything to you, by the time we reach mid-December, we're all just a bunch of junk at work. That's what it says. It's basically we are festive, festive out or we're preparing to spend time with our families because we don't care about our job. <laughs> don't tell your boss I said that. <laughs> they actually say we become less productive, especially here in America, by the 15th and the 16th of December. Now, if you're a youngin, uh, let's see, 18 to 24, young workers, they check out before us. I was like, what? Anybody over the age of 24, it's about the 15th, 16th. We might even go a little bit longer, I guess, as you age. <laughs> Maybe you don't care as much. We pitter out closer to the 20th. Uh, but if you're about 18 to 24, basically December 12th on, you're worthless. <laughs> That's what this study would say, as an employee, not as a person. <laughs> so if you're not feeling very motivated or driven at work, just so you know, you're not alone. <laughs> Merry Christmas on that one. Okay, so I brought this up because I saw this and I thought, okay, teachable moment, if, you know, as far as like, especially with my kids. We talk a lot about bullying. Um, I've always had a very different stance. I think we have to be careful how we use the word bullying. Sometimes you're just being picked on. Be, bullying to me has to be an extreme, right? It has to be a complete extreme. So of course, I'm sure you saw it all over. Everyone's been talking about it, about the Georgia reporter who a youth minister slapped her behind. Now, kind of interesting to me is because he said he got caught up in the moment. He's like this nice guy. I feel actually pretty bad from him for him because I, I mean, look, if you're around any sort of guys, they just don't think sometimes. I mean, they just don't think. And it's kind of weird that in today's day and age, that especially with the Me Too movement and all these things that have been happening, that you have a man who's about 40 years old who decides to slap a woman on her behind. The thing that concerns me about this story, and I think how we should be raising our daughters and our sons, what my problem was is, you know, sports, a lot of times you're smacking people on the tennis court. I never really hit anybody on the butt, I don't think, maybe on accident, but you know, you do low fives, high fives, you're congratulating. You see it, on, you see it all the time in sports where people hit each other's butts, smack each other's hands, you know, like, yeah, good going. And I'm sure his was probably an old school tap. I really do believe that. What I am concerned about though is how she's interpreting it and how she's absorbing this information. Did it suck? Yes. Should he have done it? No. Should anybody be touched? inappropriately or feel like they've been violated? Absolutely not. However, it was a race. It was a slap on the butt. In the grand scheme of things, would it have been better for her? Because she said, I felt objectified, violated, and it embarrassed me. I get it. Those are very strong words for a slap on the behind, right? Like I think we have to be careful what we tell each other or what we say to ourselves because she gave all of her power to a guy who was just acting like an idiot. Uh, and she's like, I need to take my power back. Why did you give your power up? Because I can guarantee you, you turn around and go, Hey, da -da -da -da, don't hit me. It would have stopped. Nothing would have happened because that's what I was taught. Somebody does something, you punch them back. Actually, I was told to kick them in the, <clears throat> you know, where very effective. In high school, I donkey kicked a lot of boys. 
and they didn't touch me because after two get donkey kicked because they were trying to snap my bra or do whatever and I didn't want to be touched, lesson learned. But I didn't feel objectified. I didn't feel embarrassed. I didn't feel um, violated. They were just being jerky guys. Now, does that mean I'm excusing any sort of behavior? No. But when you use such strong words, it changes you and you give your power to somebody else. And that's what I'm concerned about with this younger generation in their world of, I was objectified, I was assaulted, I was this, and it was a slap on the butt. Yes. Was it inappropriate? Yes. But do you give it that much weight? Do you empower somebody so much that you give away your feelings? Right? She did nothing wrong. She shouldn't have felt objectified because actually when you turn around, fight back, and then ultimately they look like the jerk. But then all of a sudden she makes herself into this like a bigger victim and I think it can wear on you. I think it all goes back to the words we tell ourselves. How do we deal with situations? Now, I get it. I'm with her. I can't believe that somebody 40 years old did that. I expect something like that out of a dumb teenager. But you know, like he said, he got caught up in the moment. He didn't mean it. It was just, a, he meant a high five and then he just slapped her on the booty. And I'm sure he was thinking about like a sports type thing. I, I really honestly don't think he meant it as bad. It is kind of crazy that somebody would do that. But I also think we have to be careful about what we're teaching our children. They should not be touched. They don't need to be violated. If somebody touches them inappropriately, you take appropriate action. However, how you feel or giving your power over, to me, that's a different issue. You don't want to hand your power over. She's like, I'm trying to take my power back. Nobody took your power. In fact, when you can take it, dish it back and move on, you got your power and you never lost anything. And again, we're not talking about something horrific. We're not talking about something so violating. It was violating, but you know what I'm saying. On the, on the scale, I'm not excusing the behavior by no means, but I do think we have to be careful of the words that we tell ourselves or the words that we teach our children because is she making herself out to a bigger victim than what needed to be? So then it becomes a bigger issue and then it weighs on you. You know, it's kind of like all that negative words that you tell yourself. You can't, like they tell you, you need to say affirmations. So now if she feels that way, does that make her a victim forever? Or is she a strong woman who fights back like every superhero is supposed to? Come on! Which is what I would have done. My mom taught me to fight back. And I'll never forget, in third grade, we had a serial, um, what do you call them? Flasher. <laughs> I was like, I was doing the motion. You couldn't see me, but I was doing the motion. Now I'm flashing you and you don't know it. But he was a serial flasher. It was all over the news, you know. And then we didn't have social media. I mean, oh my God, this was back in the 70s or something. Anyway, so he's flashing. He's running around flashing. And my mom says to me, all right. Because I was like eight, something like that. Maybe it was around 80s, whatever. Anyway, my mom says to me, okay, here's what you're going to do. If you get that flasher, what I want you to do, because she says flashers don't really want to touch you. They don't want to do anything else. You stay away. And if he flashes you, I want you to point at his tripod and laugh and run like the you know what I was like okay and I was like practicing <laughs> like eight nine years old I'm like okay if I get flashed I'm gonna point and laugh well me and my girlfriends my little girls walking home from school we got flashed and I started pointing and laughing and then I said laugh girls laugh and we're all running and laughing 
yeah, I don't ever remember hearing about the flasher again. But if he's trying to get an arousal or, you know, I don't say arousal, but if he's trying to get a reaction, I gave him a reaction he didn't want. And that's what my mom said. Give him a reaction they don't expect. So I use humor. I used, uh, yeah, I donkey kicked. I told you when boys were trying to snap my bra, I would just, if they were behind me, boom, donkey kick. And that was it. And that, it's over. And I didn't feel like a victim. I didn't feel bad. And, it, it, and ultimately later, it gave me some coping skills. I don't know. Do people still flash today? <laughs> they do it online. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. So I think we need to be careful. So as you go into this holiday season, I know we're going to go into the new year. We're going to start thinking about how we're going to be empowered and we're going to feel better and we're going to accomplish all these goals. I think one of these goals should be be careful of the words that we tell ourselves or how we teach our children to say to themselves. We don't need to teach them to be a victim. We need to teach them how to handle it and then not give your power away. That should be the New Year's resolution. Make our kids strong. Teach them how to cope with it. Laugh things off. Deal with it. Okay, speaking about dealing with it, TLC got a little something, something. First of all, I love 90 Day Fiance. I watch TLC a lot because they have such shows that are so bad but so good. So they're coming out with a new show. It airs January 7th. And they posted... Uh, the trailer for it that's on Twitter. Yeah, people are not happy. Well, it's about mixed weight couples, <laughs> which is funny. I'm in a mixed marriage. I mean, I can list several ways, and I guess mixed weight here too because I am I'm bigger than my husband. I guess he's a skinny guy. I get to have a little something. I actually think we're close in weight, which is really sad. I'm I weigh less than him, but not by much. I actually weigh closer to him than I care to admit. Um, but anyway, and we're mixed, uh, let's see, well, he, we're both Americans, but he's got me Mexican in him. I've got half Irish, half mutt, because I've got a whole side of the family that like to sleep around, which thank you. That's like adopting from the SPCA. You know you've got better genes. <laughs> I'm not into purebreds, just like my dogs, my animals. No, because they all have something funky. <laughs> so I think the more you mix that stuff up, the better it is. Oh, and we're a severely divided, mixed household when it comes to playlists. <laughs> I mean, definitely a mixed marriage when it comes to playlists. But this show, Mixed Weight, um, that's not the name of it, is about one overweight spouse, partner, and one who isn't. So they're actually calling it hot and heavy. <laughs> now, I don't, I just figured... Now, some people took it as one person's hot and the heavy person isn't. And I was like, well, I didn't really take it that. I thought it was kind of maybe they're hot and sexy for each other and this is what they want. But everybody takes things differently. Everyone got upset because why? Because all the heavy people depicted in the show are women. I don't know if men, if it would have been opposite. Maybe those are the only people who signed up. Maybe they're the only people who were willing to go on air. I mean, you have to go in and audition or... Maybe there were no overweight husbands that were interesting. <laughs> okay, don't get bad. <laughs> Maybe there's just more overweight women who are far more entertaining than men. I mean, look, they're going to go for what they think is entertaining. So that's one thing I can think. Do you think that that's a problem? I mean, first of all, people signed up. They're in love. They're showing their relationship. I don't know if I'm going to watch it. I don't know what it could bring to the table. It's nothing like 90 Day Fiance or 90 Day 
uh, the other way and 90 day what's next. If you have not watched 90 day fiance, it's, it's about Americans who have found love with somebody else in another country. And when they come to America and they come over on what's it called? Fiance visa. I think it's called a K one visa. They have 90 days to get married from the time they get to the U S to when they have to get married or they have to leave. <sighs> There's one couple right now where the guy can't, they, he doesn't speak any English. I don't even know how they communicate. I mean, they communicate through Google Translate. But you really, when you watch that show, it really is interesting to watch. Forget about the freaky Zoids one. I'm not talking about the ones who have the age differences or whatever else, but the ones who are closer in age, but really the cultural differences. I mean, the way the expectations within the family or how they speak to each other or uh, culturally how differences are, you know, how women should be treated, how men should be treated, what it means to be married. Oh, it's fascinating. And, you know, I married Joe. And even though he was born here, his parents are from Mexico, pretty traditional Mexican household, very conservative. And then he picked me. (laughs) Now, he's, you know, he's a biologist. And the first time I was like, oh, I need tampons. Can you go to the store and get me some tampons? He looked at me like, I'm like, please, really? And I'm open about pretty much everything, everything with my boys. Uh, I'm, I'm just an open book and we talk about everything and I pretty much allow a lot of things because I figured if they're talking to me, then I know what's going on. It's been uh, shell shocking for my husband, but he is so far <laughs> keeps signing. <laughs> I only do a one year contract. I think all marriages should be, uh, be like sports contract. I call it contract renewal season. So he keeps re-upping. I, I don't sign a multi-year deal until I know I've lost some of my game. I'm like, mm. although my personality is such, I probably have game forever. <laughs> I'll be at the old folks. I'm going, hey, oh. <laughs> anyway, I'm just curious. Does that bother you where they only depicted overweight women with their skinny husbands? I probably would have never even noticed, to be honest with you. But I'm curious what you think. I was going to try to end every podcast with a love story, but I had to do this one first because I was like, oh my gosh, this is like crazy. So the Peloton bike, and unless you've been living in a box where you kind of missed the Georgia reporter, and if you've been living in a box and you missed um, the Peloton, Peloton's come under fire for the commercial where the dad and the daughter, they buy their mom the Peloton bike. Not going to lie. First time I saw that commercial, it wasn't that he got her the bike because that would be something I would want. I'm like, I'm asking for a new tennis backpack, you know, whatever. I mean, there's just things, new workout clothes. There's some things that I just want that I haven't bought for myself. So I'm like, yeah, okay. I at one point thought I wanted a Peloton bike. The weird part to me on that commercial was not that he wanted to give her a bike, but the weird part was, is that she would come home and work out and they're just sitting on the couch. And I was like, why aren't they like cooking dinner or cleaning up or something? <laughs> why isn't he doing homework with the little girl? Like it just felt like they were just kind of hanging out while mom sweats her booty off and then has to do everything else in the house. I didn't really see the present itself as sexist, but I saw the family living is like, what, mom's got to do everything? She's got to work all day, come home, exercise and cook dinner and clean. No wonder we're all going crazy. And I live with three males, and I think it's very easy for them to sit. I've had to remind them, okay, when I get home, I cook dinner, make sure the kitchen's clean. 
because I'm going to play tennis. <laughs> so that was my problem with the commercial is that the family looked a little lazy. Why is the husband sitting on the couch watching TV? And then the other weird thing was making a video about all your workouts. And when she doesn't want to work out, she's like, oh, here I go again. Really? Do you really give your husband a video of yourself working out on the present he made? And is that his gift? I, I felt there were so many things wrong with the Peloton commercial. Sexism didn't even enter it. It was more along the lines of this family's lazy. She's doing all this stuff and they need to work. They should be cooking dinner while she's working out on the bike. So I'm not sure if you saw this NFL correspondent. Um, I won't even mention her name. So everyone's talking about like their exercise uh, stories or gift giving or the sexism of the ad. And she's like, yeah, my boyfriend bought me a Fitbit and I we were loved it. We synced up. We could watch each other. And thank you for the Fitbit because that's how she found out he was cheating on her because his exercise levels started spiking at four o'clock in the morning. I was like, four o'clock in the morning. She goes, and he was unaccounted for. And I don't know if they were living together or whatever. I can tell you right now, before I was dating Joe, um, I, I was sleeping at four. <laughs> so it was the spike in his activity. If you suspect your partner is cheating, moral of the story, get him a Fitbit <laughs> and sync up. I guess any of your exercise trackers. Maybe that's the new way if you suspect any cheating. Instead of tracking them on the phone or social media or whatever, you're like, hey, I thought we could stay connected when we exercise so we can motivate each other. And then you're like, I'm tracking you because he forgot that it's there and you, I can see his stuff. And maybe she shouldn't have revealed that. <laughs> um, if you do have a Fitbit and you, you're, you got a side piece, uh, just so you know, you might want to leave the Fitbit at home so it looks like you're sleeping. <laughs> okay, last but not least, I did say that I would try to do a love story or something sweet as we end each podcast this holiday season because, you know, I love love. And this story, I was like, oh, my God, so sweet. <sighs> Heavily pregnant wom woman goes to the hospital, and uh, nobody is giving up a chair for her. Like, she's, like, probably in labor. Who knows? She's just very pregnant. And so she doesn't have a chair, which is kind of crazy because if I believe the picture that was posted with it and some of the comments even the police had made is that people were just on their phones. We weren't talking about a bunch because she was in the hospital uh, waiting room area, right? She's waiting to be seen. And everyone's just on their phones, looking at their phones, able-bodied people. Nobody gave up their seat for this pregnant woman. What is wrong with people? I've seen that happen. I've been on you know, when we travel, whether it's in the U.S. or whatever, whether you're on a bus in another country or a subway or wherever we are, we've traveled. I've traveled in so many places or I've been places where there are no seats or waiting for a restaurant. And I see somebody who's older and or the airport, shuttle. I've given up my seat plenty of times. One time I gave up to a seat somebody who was younger than me. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, she's had some hard living. <laughs> I really thought she was older than me and I thought I was being nice and then I found out that I was older than her and I was like do I look like that isn't that what happens you know when you see like friends or you've gone to a reunion or you run into somebody as everybody starts to get older especially you know in your 40s right around late 30s 40s as things start to change just a little bit they just change a little bit but things start to change and then you see them and you're like oh my god do I look that old <laughs> I remember going to one of my reunions and I'm like, do I look like them? <laughs> anyway, 
So here's this husband. He loves his wife. She's heavily pregnant. She's uncomfortable. There's no chairs. Nobody's given up a chair. And so he goes over to the railing and he tells her to come over and he gets on his hands and knees so she can kind of sit herself on his back and hold herself on the railing so he can give her a seat. And then he also, while he's on all hands and knees, all fours, he like lifts up a little bottle of water to give her a bottle of water. That's why you are married when you have babies. Okay, I say that only because I don't really care when you have your baby. But when you have a man who signed a contract who says he has to be there, he finds you very sweet and loving. Sometimes, even though you haven't signed a contract and you get pregnant with somebody, the men aren't always so nice to you. you we do crazy things. I remember being on my hands and knees cleaning the bathroom floors with a toothbrush in the corners because I needed to make sure everything was clean for the baby. I'm like eight or nine months pregnant. By the way, my house was brand new, <laughs> like brand new. We were the first owners. We'd only lived in it for like a year or two, brand new. And there's my husband going, aww, look at her cleaning the floors on her hands and knees for our baby. He did get down and help, by the way. But I was like, I have to get the house clean. The thing is, it was cute. Now, I know if I was dating some of the guys I dated in college, they'd be like, what, she's a crazy, you know what? She's on her hands and knees cleaning. Oh my God, I can't deal with this. They don't think you're crazy. They love you and they do that. And wasn't that sweet of that husband? Aww, that's a sweet little thing. A lot of good men out there. A lot of good men. Snatch him up. He's a keeper. He's a definite keeper. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of Happy Hour. Enjoy the shopping and getting out and getting with friends. Use my trick. Ask people, ask kids what they want for Christmas. It's so much fun to listen to people. And I will see you next time. Don't forget, you can message me. You can tweet out. You can do whatever. Tell me what you think. Get talking with Talkalicious. Have a great day.